Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I said what you know about it. It's the stew, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stew, baby. And the room a lot. When you say you're a potter, do people think that you're a potter? Like you, like you. Pot I think plants? In, if if you say it in and around the Los Feliz neighborhood, they understand that it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. And because like now, potters are referred; to, they call themselves like I'm a Sir Emesist, actually. So like I don't even I don't That's know true. people oh, don't really potter. say potter yeah. anymore. I love that I <laughs> like literally that didn't even think <laughs> ceramicist. I thought you you Pot you take for a living. Sell mar- you potter. sell marijuana. <laughs> yeah, I'm a potter. Yeah, so I sell marijuana. And- I actually thought that <laughs> and I you just <laughs> potted plants. <laughs> like not Amazing. even marijuana. Hey, plants. it's good work if you can get it. That's that's where you make the big bucks. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, you guys man. need any uh, you got any tomatoes need refilling down there at the shop? Well, this there. actually ties into the other source of anxiety right now, which is that we need more potted plants on our oh, back we patio. Really do. And we we went to the Chateau Marmont for a meeting yesterday and we left feeling mm. so That's where I get all my flowers, by the way. <laughs> well, we wanted so I, get, I buy all of my pots. No, we the, wanted to I was at the Chateau <laughs> and I realized we don't have enough potted tomatoes in the patio. We actually wanted to steal all of their plants because yeah. we walked in and we're like, "Oh, this is what it looks like to have money to make a magical mm. garden." Yeah. As opposed to our, yeah, like, but your place is so garden. beautiful. I, I <laughs> mean, you. maybe you. you've got blinders on because you're there every day, but the, you know, you're on the same. We you're in the same that, ballpark. That guests don't. Notice. We notice everything, sure. of yeah. course, and that's the chateau has has had decades, curse. decades for their plant life to grow. It's You've nice only true. been open for how long? Uh, All the dead months. celebrities oh, yeah. that have like mulched that soil. That takes a lot of time. <laughs> true. I'm just cocaine, is a, cocaine is cocaine is a great fertilizer. Yeah, you guys well. should have more cocaine at Botanica. It's not cheap. Just, just mm-hmm. one man's advice. If those walls could talk, girl. <laughs> I love it. But well, wait, you've ne- have you ever referred to yourself as a potter? I feel like I've only no. ever heard you say I do a I'd podcast. No, I don't I've really refer to myself. So he's as got the sentence as opposed to like the verb or the noun. There's no good way of saying it, so I just choose to say a dumb way. Um, I support that. But speaking of potting, the I saw you do um, a talk at Now Serving earlier oh, in the week. Oh, you were there. Yeah, I yeah. was there. I was in the back, and I didn't even realize that you were hosting it. And I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm I'm potting with that person." But um, the girl from Healthyish was like, "This girl needs to get her own podcast. She killed it." Mm. And I was like, "Oh, great timing." Yes. Well, we do we do love talking to people. You, are you are you guys media trained professionally, or is this all just off the dome? So we actually were media professionally for ten years mm, each. You were, yes. So that's true. So we trained media. We were trained media, <laughs> exactly. Mm, legitimately, <laughs> legitimately. A little too well trained, perhaps. <laughs> so you know, I've, I've I've done plenty of radio and little TV spots where I had to. Okay. Yeah, you know, I had to like 
eat various hot dogs on TV and talk about them. It was great to watch. Clips. Why? Highly recommend. I, I, I tried <laughs> yeah. to do a little you research. Really that. pro. Really I, pro. Yeah, I saw, I did, tried to do a little research and saw that you guys had, you were in the food writing industry and I mm-hmm. didn't, see, I didn't, um, Get the the you multimedia aspect. Oh, contest with no, the, but I mean, the great the great nacho taste off of twenty twelve. I no, want to hear this more, story. No, it was I used to do little little things on a morning show in Chicago where I had to <gasps> you know, get my hair curled in a studio at eight a.m. and then eat nachos. Why is that not on a monitor when you walk in the restaurant, just playing on a loop? <laughs> and you got paid point. to do that? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh no, no, no. All, <laughs> who gets Out paid to do anything in media anymore? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's actually the problem with media is mm-hmm. that you, you people don't get paid to do pretty do, much anything. Do we make any money on this podcast? No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course. I not. feel like I do lose. I lose a good amount of money annually doing this. Good. Okay. Don't I feel well, better. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't lose a great deal of money, but I, it costs money to do a pod, and I, I make. A, I mean, I, <laughs> time is money to a guy like this. Am I right? You said it. Brother. It's not that really like that. Do you have sponsors? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I do have sponsors. But it's not, I mean, like, there's, oh. a, there's a little, it's kind of like a break-even situation. He's got sponsors, huh? Well, I do. maybe you guys should get Crocs maybe to sponsor Maybe we you. have sponsors. Oh. Ooh, Crocs would be good. I wish. They don't call me back. <laughs> well, don't worry. We're breaking even at the restaurant, are you, are you guys I haven't figured out how to make money there, either. <laughs> are, are you guys sick of that topic being a topic about you guys, of, like, these guys came from... The food media world, no, and now I they open. People up. don't talk that's about one it of enough. The most oh, really? exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's what really distinguishes what we're doing. Is that that's your whole fucking thing? We, you Everything. know, th- there really aren't other examples of that. You know, we mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. S- studied this. It's like it's like a you know someone with a architecture degree who then goes to be an architecture critic for ten years and then decides, okay, now I'm going to start creating buildings. Yeah. It's you know it's not something that you see all that often in the food world. I can't. I can we can think of other examples of of restaurants that have a little publishing component that have done wonderful things like Diner mm-hmm. and Marlowe and Diner Journal. And there is one other person who we know who had a blog for many years called Shea Pim, who then ended up opening a Thai restaurant in San Francisco mm-hmm. called King Cow. But and then there's someone in New York who Starting was in media like a, a little bit who's a co-owner of a couple restaurants. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, but they're actually we don't know of anyone else who has this trajectory of actually writing specifically about restaurants for for mm-hmm. almost 10 years, studying them, you know, covering them from every angle, photographing them, writing about them, interviewing interviewing the people involved, um, so both domestically our- and internationally, and then deciding, okay, we're going to take all of this, everything we've observed as diners, as documenters, as writers, as critics, and... And uh, build something mm-hmm. out of it. This has like a little AI robot feel to it. Like you've, <laughs> you've entered, you've gathered all like a decade of data, and you've created your own yes restaurant project with all this the info. Data, and now we've we amassed will. the data, <laughs> and it might it might rise up and kill us. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> but totally. So far, it might, we might have us. an ex machina ending. Oh my gosh! With Botanica, but let's hope not. <laughs> I want to die on Silver Lake Boulevard, sure. <laughs> While eating so many delicious vegetables. Mm. We can make that happen. You mentioned <laughs> Chicago for you. So you decided to take your restaurant into a very specific neighborhood that has a very clear aesthetic. 
Where have you lived? What? Where did you do some of your writing? How and dare you? Media? And then no, no, no. I mean. To take all those influences and then go somewhere that definitely has a very strong personality, a very strong identity. How did how did that all come together? How long have you spent time in Silver Lake? All that kind of stuff. Wow. Well, so a lot of questions in a row. Yeah. Oh, this, no, is, you know. <laughs> so this, this is Heather. Um, so I I lived in New York and mm-hmm. then uh, and was an editor for a food publication there. Then was in Chicago for five years. What publication? Is, Sorry. Um, it's so industry website called Star Chefs. Mm, mm -hmm. And then I moved to Chicago and launched the Chicago edition of Tasting Table and covered Mm. the restaurant world there for five years. Mm. Met Emily during that time. And then um, moved back to New York. And it was in that year back in New York when I was doing a bunch of consulting and creative direction for a few different companies that we started conceptualizing Botanica. And do you want to tell them your geographic trajectory and then we'll talk about LA? It's, It's... Yeah, I grew up in Chicago um, and stayed there for many years editing for Daily Candy, um, Mm -hmm. both the Chicago edition and the national edition. I met Heather. Um, She moved to New York and left me, and I (laughs) stayed there and got lonely. We conceived of Botanica, um, and then we started our countrywide search for uh, a city first um, and then a space once we'd narrowed it down to L.A. But New York was actually the place where both of us naturally thought that this business would be. Mm-hmm. We were seems like super connected there due to our jobs and just, you know, our pasts and all of media was there. We just had, you know, we knew what was up there yeah. in a way that it felt, felt really confident mm-hmm. and familiar. Even though it would be crazier. Totally. Um, and then somehow... We neither of us can really remember how LA even entered the picture. I think we just both figured, hey, we should just branch out and look elsewhere. And it became very clear very quickly yeah. on a few visits a that fit. this was just it. Yeah. This is like our, our our spirit city in yeah. a way that was pretty amazing. And when I when I first moved to New York a year or so after college, that at that point in time, Brooklyn in two thousand six, New York in two thousand six was really like my spirit city. But Mm. You know, uh, a decade later, when we were in our early 30s and starting to think about building our own business and a, a very challenging and exhausting and, and difficult business at that. Incredibly. We, we started coming to L.A. and we were idea. so thrilled by what we found. And, I mean, to be fair, we were visiting L.A. in January and February from New York and Chicago. Yes. So we were, like, in the 75-degree sunshine, mm-hmm. fondling oh. citrus at the farmer's markets. <laughs> yeah. And it was actually the, the moment that we decided to do L.A. I was on the phone with Emily. I was in New York. I had just left another round with a broker looking at commercial spaces. I had gotten caught in a snowstorm wearing irresponsible footwear. I was totally <laughs> freezing. I was on the phone with Emily, and I think I remember saying, Fuck it, let's do LA. She said, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> and six weeks later, we moved. You were to LA. already in LA. in LA. You answered the phone in LA. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> "I'm already okay, here. I guess so. <laughs> I'll do it." Sounds great. So yeah, we yeah we and that was like late February, late February, early March of 2015, and we both lived here with our brought our partners with us and lived here about a month to two months later. So we've we're yeah. coming up wow. on our three year anniversaries in Congratulations. LA. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. And we happened to move right onto Rowena in Los Feliz. And so we had been looking at spaces in LA before 
mm-hmm. moving here, part of, you know, part of pounding the pavement and having an accelerated getting to know you period with the city was meeting with anyone who would talk to us, traveling around with real estate brokers, just mm-hmm. trying to play catch up. So we, we pretty quickly came to realize that we wanted to be on this side of town and hopefully in Silver Lake. And the ultimate dream would be on this magical little villagey strip mm-hmm. just south of the reservoir yeah. on Silver Lake Boulevard. And the dream came true. It was magical. <laughs> in a really amazing it did. way. It feels like a neighborhood in a way that it's really just hard to get that sense of community in Mm -hmm. a city that is as sprawling as LA. Mm -hmm. So I think that really spoke to us. And we were, you know, had years and years of being a part of a really thriving community in Chicago and then New York. Um, And it was just super important for us to find a place in LA where we could contribute and kind of create a little community of our own and build upon the community that already existed. Yeah, it was a big thing that we talked about when we were, when we were putting together the Botanica plan and then fundraising and you know pitching to investors, we talked so much about how we were we wanted to create something that was more than just a restaurant that really was you know nourished people in as many ways as possible. Mm-hmm. And so we've always thought about this as a really multifaceted thing and being very intentional about creating a community and creating a space for a community to, to blossom has always been a huge, huge foundational element of the business. And so we super lucked out in that we were able to find a space where that could happen so organically and so quickly. And the, yeah. the space itself, previous incarnation is insane because we lived together for seven years just a few blocks away. Oh, like yeah. Like off the reservoir. So, and I'd been in the liquor store quite the a few times cave. living yeah. there. The decrepit liquor cave. And the vision of you and your team to go in there and transform into what it is now is mind-blowing, especially to me who doesn't do well with the blank plate, blank page, but it's insane. It's insane if anybody's <laughs> lived there for a little while Thank and you. has spent time at the liquor store and then see what you guys have done with it and also kind of the, no mox- idea how the, hell you did it. the moxie to go in <laughs> to a space completely unpermitted for food and, yeah. and that size and do it is amazing. Thank you. And unpermitted no. for liquor because the license actually didn't Doesn't transfer, of course. No, so it's a, it's ignorance an off- is bliss. Yeah. It, yep, yep. <laughs> Offsite sure sales. We, um, we blacked out during two really key moments in this process. Signing the lease and looking at the place. Are those the two moments that you guys didn't remember? Well, well one was how, how on earth we even started thinking about LA. Cannot, mm-hmm. for the life of us, remember. I feel like we both went into some sort of prophetic trance and came out of it being like, okay, LA. And then the second was walking into that space and somehow seeing the potential. Neither of us can remember it right. at all because it is crazy. That Divine place was a shambles. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was... Not built, only shambles, but yeah. just like, I honestly, I feel like you knocked down four we knocked businesses. Out no, but I mean it's, like four businesses next to you as well with the, with the air and the size and the space that you've created. I mean, what yeah. I do remember is just being so taken with the neighborhood that we were like, yeah. we will do anything and everything it takes I love to that try and I, make yeah. this space into what we need. And it took, what, like nine months of due diligence to even figure out if we could How open a orient. restaurant in that space. Yeah. And then... How to configure it, whether yeah. it could be permitted, whether it could be done for our budget... And we went through so many hilarious iterations and so many designs. And I think we kind of stuck to it 
stubbornly because we, we were knew, pretty dogged in our determination. Yeah, we just knew that it was the right space. It felt right. I wish everybody who goes there now has to be in like a VR program of the old <laughs> liquor store to That's appreciate like before they can walk in and buy anything and get coffee yeah. they have to see what it was before so they really can appreciate I what an amazing it space Why it turned we hang into a photo of the old liquor store in the bathroom people always say we need art on That would walls. be great. I always you know love that too. Let's put some before photos up. We actually have I mean you know, you get kind of busy when you open a restaurant. So one of the <laughs> things that we haven't done that I, I feel like such a jerk about because it's so simple and we need to do it is actually put all of the before photos up on our website. And I mean, we have, we documented yes. it. We have, pict- <laughs> I have and, pictures of and- Emily standing amidst trash heaps just with a look of like terror <laughs> on her face. And that needs to go somewhere. How, um, how much time... Was in between you guys opening the restaurant and and like quitting your jobs before. So we we both took a big step away from media in early 2014. Daily Candy folded. I left Tasting Table. Um, Emily spent some time in London cooking. I was working with a uh, with a couple different um, people in New York with Bobby Flay and with a food market company. And it was over the course of that year that we conceived of Botanica, started building the business plan. And by winter of that year, I guess by like or January of 2015, we started fundraising. We did our mm-hmm. first pop-up for Botanica in Chicago, one of our favorite bakeries in mm. March. March of 2015. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really, it's been really quick. We I mean, it's pretty wild to think about the fact that it hasn't even been three years since we've moved out here, yeah. and it's just been, it hasn't even been four years since we started started the conception of this and crazy now, baby. And LA Mag said you guys are top 10 restaurant of the year. Is that what happened? Yeah, That's we were in the, happened. they put out a list. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> <laughs> they put out a list every year of the 10 best new restaurants, and we were over the moon to be on it. And what's even cooler is that Four of the restaurants are on the east side. This side of town yeah. is having the most phenomenal food and wine renaissance right now. Mm-hmm. And if if you take and there are a couple places that should have, in our opinion, should have been on that list too that weren't like mm-hmm. Subaki in mm-hmm. in Echo Park, one of our absolute favorites. And if is you that look the at, Japanese place, yeah, I've heard, from I've heard from a, really um, a couple who used to work at Bestia. Mm. delicious food totally it's so special it's small it has so much personality they have an exceptional sake program Mm. super cool so if you look at the four so on that list from the east side there's Cosa Bona Kismet Maze and us but Mm. then also in the last year there's been Subaki Wolfdown Barbandini amazing spot for natural wine Journeyman Mm -hmm. Journeyman so freaking delicious still haven't been to Journeyman I live right by it gotta go it's so. I? I love it. Okay. I think I asked myself the same thing, but I believe oh, you now. I think so the food's so special to me. It's really so much of their food is what I would love to cook for myself if I happened to be home, and to be right. able to go and eat that mm-hmm. somewhere and know that they're getting everything from the farmers market. Mm-hmm. Once you once you have a restaurant and That's, you're sourcing for yourself, you can really tell when you go somewhere else, and you're like, oh, this. You're not sourcing quite the same right. way as we wish you were, <laughs> and as we were. So, journeyman, I really for, and especially for the price everything. point that they're charging, they should be. I mean, not journeyman specifically, but when you go to a nice restaurant and the produce, you can tell is not sourced correctly, but yeah. the price is still 
Yeah. Right. So I love I love Journeyman because they really are getting such beautiful products and being mm-hmm. so thoughtful about them, but also not fussy. I'll give yeah. it a it's shot. It's simple. It's tasty. I like it. That's such an interesting perspective because my first inclination is to eat somewhere that I would find difficult to cook for myself. Right. That's the Which f- makes right off the bat. Totally get and it. then it yeah. flips yeah. once you own a restaurant, are never mm. home, have no ingredients that makes in perfect your sense. fridge, but like know yeah. you're capable of cooking delicious things <laughs> and you never get the opportunity anymore. Yeah. Or all no, you want. Or no husband or wife that will make you these things for you. Or you're just not even home to see your husband or wife. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also you don't want to have to clean any dishes. Forgot your husband right, or wife's right, name. Right, right, You don't want to do any dishes. Everything involved. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, so I having think... a restaurant sounds fun. Yeah. It's a blast. It, it, actu- it actually is the yeah. best. It actually is a we blast. We love it. And it's the best, and it's incredibly fun, and it's the most crazy, interesting, multifaceted. Use every millimeter of your brain and your body at once all the time experience. And then, yeah, when you have a night off, you just want someone to cook some nice, simple food for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and for that for that LA Mag, Kismet got Dish of the Year. Yes, if you guys delicious if you rice. guys were to have Dish of the Year, what what dish on your menu do you think would be the one? Turkish eggs. It would right. either be the Turk. I would say either the Turkish eggs, which one out of every four people who walks through our doors orders. <laughs> In the mm-hmm. daytime, so those that dish is is inspired by Turkish eggs, which are called chilbir, which are poached eggs on garlicky yogurt with the chili butter. Mm. And um, so we started doing that before we even opened as a brunch thing. But of course, in typical Botanica style, we added a giant salad. So mm. it's two it's two poached eggs on some really beautiful um, plain organic cow's milk yogurt with garlic and sea salt stirred in, and we make a butter that's infused with Aleppo and Urfa chili, some sumac, a little smoked paprika, spoon that over the eggs, top, top that with some seared scallions. And then there's this big lemony sumac-y salad with herbs and cucumber and arugula on the side. And mm. so that mm. sounds beautiful. pretty. It's a real crowd pleaser. And it's really it's emblematic, I think, of what, of how you can make something that feels so indulgent and luscious and such a feast in a bowl but also is so good for you mm-hmm. and yeah. you know and it won't weigh you down and literally everything is local aside from the yeah. sumac and it's this and it's colorful and it's beautiful and it's bountiful so it definitely typifies what we do and people have freaked out about it actually our general manager told me yesterday that we served I think it was something like All co- like a thousand <laughs> Turkish eggs in December. Wow! Whoa! That's unbelievable. Or well, it was he. I think he said it was, and then I'm he did the math, it and it was one hundred seventy six <laughs> dozen eggs or something. And it's not <laughs> Thank even you, on the Rick. Yeah. Um, Our farmer Rick does a really good job of supplying us with delicious eggs. Oh, and his which... chickens are so happy. They right. get to yeah. feast. He, I mean, he grows everything. So I, he showed me a picture recently of them feasting on overripe persimmons. And it was just like, I yeah, really want to be the same Rick who owns Rick's restaurant. <laughs> Where's Rick's restaurant? It's a, it's like this greasy spoon burger spot. Right on. Around, pretty close to you guys, actually, on like Fletcher or, and Riverside. Yeah, Oh. You've driven by it probably a million oh, times. Oh, no, that must be the other Rick in LA. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there are only two. I don't know. The I Marquis guess. says best restaurant in LA, so I'm surprised <laughs> you guys that haven't Rick did. gets his oh, eggs from a jail. That. And, uh, <laughs> <that> Rick <laughs> feeds them jail. persimmons. I would say the other thing that could have been dish of the year that's against, it's so it's even simpler, is this 
thing that's been on our menu since we opened that we will forever be obsessed with, which is seared Japanese sweet potatoes with salsa verde. Mm. So we, we, I love Japanese sweet potatoes. Moved here. Well, so good. We are, we love them too. And we had never encountered them before, uh, in Chicago or in New York. Not during your jujitsu training or anything? No. Weird. They would Damn us. right, LA's the best. <laughs> so, you know, we come across the country to this Eden and go figure we like we fall go so hard for, for a potatoes. tuber. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things. I mean, we're jazzed about the citrus too. But that really once we started cooking with those, they really blew our mind. So we um I mean it's it's as easy as can be. You boil the potato the potatoes, you have them, you sear them or grill them cut side down, and then you spoon this really, really bright herbaceous salsa verde with parsley, cilantro, capers, shallots, lemon mm. over top. And the sum Suck of the parts that, is so, <laughs> it's so crazy delicious. And it really also is so in line with what we love doing, which is just something that's so simple that you're like, I could do this at home, you know, and we want you to do it at home. That's why we published our recipe on our website, but then you put it Mm. in your mouth too. And you're like, God damn, I've never (laughs) felt this way about a sweet potato. Sure. Absolutely. And you, uh, the Japanese sweet potato for our listeners at home, what's the difference between that and a regular sweet potato? So it has a purplish red flesh and a sort of creamy white skin. They're not very Wait, big. The other way creamy around. Creamy white interior. And- I'm sorry. White. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> skin and flesh. The opposite, the opposite of what flesh. I said. <laughs> yes. It's so actually- purple skin. Purple skin. Creamy white flesh. <laughs> Ew. Sexy. Yeah. I, I feel like it has a little bit, of, uh, and I think the flesh is like a chestnutty undertone, it is. perhaps. It's yep. chestnutty. It's it almost has like a custard like texture. It's mm-hmm. just so, so creamy. creamy. And then the more typical um, orange fleshed sweet potatoes are just I mean, they're delicious. They're trash. Less sugar. <laughs> I hate those. Less guys. sugar content than like a normal like domestic yam. It's, no, but I think it has less moisture content. There's yeah. a density exactly. to, to exactly. it that's really really wonderful and it's just yeah they're small too they're i mean they're they're like rarely the length of your hand they're not the giant fat and they usually have like ornate weird growth patterns and Mm -hmm. and shapes it's not just a normal little tube yeah you can get some weird (laughs) normal little tube no like those normal little potato tubes you normally that's right like a normal little fingerling tube (laughs) no this is like an arthritic finger a large arthritic (laughs) finger that tastes so good so good (laughs) this is going in an interesting direction (laughs) it usually does here So, well, so the, anyway, you, you should make it at home. The recipe's on our website. We have a, a whole publishing component to our business that has been a woefully under, under-touched, under-loved since we opened the restaurant, but we will be getting Who back the to time? it. It's an online journal called uh, Botanica Mag, mm-hmm. botanicamag.com, and it's um, meant to be a repository of every recipe for everything we're making in the restaurant techniques. So if you come, you eat something, you like it, make it. The recipe's there. So right now we have about 60 recipes on there, so almost half of our menu is up. But we, uh, we're excited to get back to so why, it. So why oh, yeah. did you we decide to give it all away instead of making a cookbook down the road? We'll, well do that too. We'll definitely do a cookbook, but I think that part of our whole ethos... I'll just download your website for free, though. <laughs> <laughs> the shit's already all there. All right. That's cool, too. You do you. Have man. it your way. Um, so um, <laughs> our, our whole ethos is we, we love sharing. We mm-hmm. love taking care of people. We love feeding people. And we also think that there cookies. should be, exactly. We brought you <laughs> cookies. 
Um, we just don't think that there should be anything proprietary about this information. Wow. It's special. It's delicious. We think you should make it at home. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. And we're going to show you how to make it at home. And we also are confident that you can make it at home and you'll still want to come eat at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But if you don't live in L.A. Mm-hmm. and you're excited about this type of cooking right. and you're looking for a new resource... We're so psyched to be able to have that. And if you live in Japan and don't know what to do with all these damn sweet potatoes, <laughs> exactly. Check out botanicamag.com. Yes. That's I mean, we very have Russian li- readers who are hopefully cooking Russian some readers? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very fun yeah. to look at the web. Are you guys traffic. big in Russia? Huge. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Putin loves us. But that's very, that's very like, I don't know, recipe where, the, where your mouth is. Because if describing kind of the the aesthetic or the the value system that you're saying is representative of the restaurant and then you're doing something like kind of showing how the magic trick's done to everybody and encouraging people to eat in a way that you are proud to serve i don't know it's kind of like there's no yeah. bullshit and there and it's also you're 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 you believe in your recipe so much that you're not hiding behind like you're you're proud to share like this tastes really good and this is what's in it instead of like you know, there's like a half a pound of butter in everything I make and that's why it tastes so good and I don't want people to know that and yeah. you're like totally I just put some fucking chia seeds in that's it's it it's a it's really so great point I mean it's so mm-hmm. easy for restaurants to hide behind excess salt, salt and fat. excess butter and like we love salt and butter don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but also I mean our philosophy is that you can eat luscious, indulgent food. You can cook luscious, indulgent food, and it does not have to have you know a half pound. That's of what God in it. made lebne. Exactly, that's what <laughs> exactly. we think, man. And spices in general. Yeah, we definitely love using acidity and spice and herbs to make something so vibrant and satisfying without being really, really weighty. And we pull a ton of inspiration from Middle Eastern cooking and Southeast Asian cooking and their use of bright freshness with darker savory notes mm-hmm. and you know this we I ate at restaurants you know eight times a week for so many years and so I really learned a lot about what sort of causes palate fatigue what makes you feel crappy mm-hmm. and then how you know, I got obese <laughs> look <Yeah>. at her <laughs> but I mean seriously it's like my cholesterol was bad I had gastritis I was really tired of eating at places that were just unrelentingly rich for mm-hmm. right. for so long in this country there seemed to be this thought that if you're not killed with rich food at a restaurant it's not an experience. It's right. not satisfying. There's no reason to go out to eat. And, you know, and I think part of that is also a feeling from people that, well, if I am going to go out to eat, it has to be an experience mm-hmm. and it has mm-hmm. to be something mm-hmm. where I sort of break every rules and I don't worry about how I feel and right. I don't worry about anything. I just Such a good point. feast. And for us, and this all came out of how we started cooking together at home when we weren't eating at restaurants and how we started cooking for friends and then what we ultimately wanted to be eating every day was what felt like a feast but also made you feel good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Love a happy ending like that. <laughs> you can hit the gym after a meal is what you're saying. Yeah, you can hit the gym. You can get it on. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> you have my attention. Unless- it's a real conversation that we had. We're like, it's nice to leave a dinner and feel like anything is possible. You can go mm. Other than than dancing. You can go yes. dancing. And I mean, I mean listen, you've got to be able to jump up and down. Totally. Oh, yeah. And to be fair, I've certainly had dinner at Botanica and eaten so many things that I just want to go home and be on the couch. But yeah. 
But that's also fine. And I feel good the next day. Right. Right. That's right. why I, I always reach for the Japanese cuisines for those pre-going out meals. Mm, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. it, it keeps you light on your toes. It really does. <laughs> for an evening of dancing or otherwise. But yeah. like, they, the, like they'll say like... <laughs> or horizontal oh, dancing. Or, <laughs> baby making. They say like, like for Valentine's Day, you should like have sex before dinner and get it over with and then go to dinner. Or idea. just go to Botanica. Can you have sex <laughs> you have at both. Botanica or is that not That's cool? That's chill, right? <laughs> yeah. So we, we actually had... There were two big restrooms when I went that were unisex. <laughs> well, so, like so L.A. has a law. That's just a stabbing cabin to me. When yeah. I has a law. L.A. has a law that if you're going to have a liquor license, you have to have two giant restaurants restrooms that are big enough for Just people to have sex in. Which is really <laughs> <laughs> for, for a wheelchair to do a to do a donut in. Actually. Like, yeah. But the ups the, Is that a know. sex move? I don't understand what that is. <laughs> I don't know you the don't wheelchair. Know, you don't know the wheelchair donut? I don't I don't Wow. Your your significant other is missing out. So so yeah for for that to have the liquor license, two fat ass bathrooms for a wheelchair to really just do whatever it wants to do in there. We actually I don't judge. we we have not had a lot of weird customers experiences over the last couple months we people have come in and just been totally awesome except for the time that someone stole one of our toilet paper holders at yeah, like 10 in the morning wow, that's bizarre. i mean they're nice but they're not that nice but one of the weirder things that did Aesop happen in the bathroom no no we did for friends and family then that quick. got stolen mm-hmm. yeah was nope. further now we have further which oh. is local and yeah. made from, Fur- yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. uh Smart. Greece. They're great. but one of the weird things chained to the floor <laughs> yeah no, but no one wants it because they know they can get it for $6 at Lassen's. Ooh. <laughs> but nice. Suck on that further. <laughs> I like it. We, we love, love further. further. Yeah. We love further. further we're right. so thankful. This podcast is sponsored by further. Yeah, we're all aware of further. <laughs> Further.com. So we had, a, we had someone in the restaurant recently who called our general manager over and was very, very perturbed and said, um, excuse me, I... I saw two two people, a man and a woman, go into that that bathroom over there together, and they've been in there for a number of minutes, and I don't understand why this is happening. <laughs> wow, that person's banned. This is the first time I'm hearing you. fucking was, narc. It's is not coke. You so, don't need, don't come to Botanica and start narking. It That's was not so allowed. Weird. It was a young couple who was drinking tea at night, so I think there might have been some you know strong oh. views about. Alcohol and mm. fornication wow. involved. Interesting. But we were, we were like, what, what? Do you want me to why call their mommy? You, yeah. Why do you yeah. care? Like, great. More power to them as long as they don't break the sink. <laughs> how, <laughs> the response is just, how bored are you to make this phone call right now, narc? Get out. Yeah. You, you also, in addition to the, the magazine component, you also have a little bit of a farmer's market component in the front. In the foyer lobby area of Botanica. Yeah. It's a beautiful yeah. Meyer tell, tell Lemon me, yeah. for our listeners. It's like, like uh, for people in L.A. who have been to Cookbook, it's kind of like a little mini cookbook, like a very hand-curated, selected, artisanal mm-hmm. And it's because we want to bring beautiful vegetables, make them accessible, bring them to a neighborhood that really does not have anything mm-hmm. local when it yeah. comes to produce. Um, and also... We got bananas at 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Good point. They Maybe we should close though. the market. <laughs> um, and also, you know, it's a space for us to sell all of the, you know, various house-made items, like mm-hmm. the chili oil and deca that we brought to you guys, dip sauces, spreads. So sweet. 
lots of elements that are on our menu um, are kind of designed to be packaged and taken home so mm. people can enjoy them. That's yeah. Okay. And that, that was, a, you know, like the third prong of our business concept when we developed everything. It was, okay, open a restaurant, make the recipes accessible, give people a way to actually buy some of the ingredients that they're going to use in those very recipes. Yeah, encourage them to cook. So mm-hmm. we, and we sell all the, every bottle of natural wine that we have on our wine list, right, we sell too. Mm. So, and you know, the market, we, when we first opened, we really were stocking it with, with produce. We get all of our produce from farmer's markets and local farms. And we were stocking the market with that, thinking that people would be excited to be able to, you know, provision a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're never going to have as much as cookbook, which really is where everyone should go if they can't make it to a farmer's market and they need mm-hmm. to stock up. That's yeah. where we still go. It is right. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. stock up. It's the best. Um, but, you know, people in the neighborhood we found weren't really too into buying the produce. I mm-hmm. think people are sort of set in their ways and, um, you know, and also just has, like it has a shop drive, life. drive up the street and go, you know, get it from 365. Um, but so, people buy fruit from us. Yeah, more we, than, we put more out than anything that's really special and seasonal. So, you know, the last couple months we always ha- were selling a couple varieties of persimmons, pomegranates. We always sell the Japanese sweet potatoes. Right now we have a bunch of different varieties of citrus, including some mandarin quats and fukushu kumquats. We always sell Rick's eggs. Mm. And then we have bub and grandma's bread. Um, Spices, you know, the spices that are really, really elemental in our cooking. So Aleppo pepper, smoked paprika, zatar, sumac. So we were trying to, you know, stock it. We have Rowan Mills wheat berries. Right. And, mm. you know, whenever we come back from the market, if there's something that's sort of just coming into season and is so exciting, we'll put it out there too. Mm-hmm. And everything is still an experiment at this point. You know, right. when when we conceived the, the market, of course, like we love markets that are stocked with the fresh vegetables. We assumed and hoped that you know the neighborhood was the same way and you just can't know until you put something on the shelf and you know see it get flaccid (laughs) (laughs) that happened with egg a lot of a lot of uh cucumbers eggplant you know beautiful eggplant over the summer you live and you'll learn feed it to the chickens (laughs) You mentioned Bob and Graham's bread, and that's like the white buffalo to see in the open without a 200-person line that you're probably not going to even buy bread by the time the line's done. Like, just to see it sitting out, I was like, nobody's seeing this right now? I know. (laughs) We we don't know. And then there are people who do know and who call and put it on hold. So I I think that... For the heads. Mm -hmm. I think that Mm -hmm. once you discover... That bread, I mean, like, no it was back. such a no-brainer for us after we tasted all of Andy's bread. And also, we like both came from places where there is like really delicious bread. And we came to L.A. And the bread scene, you know, is just not where it probably will be in five years, mm-hmm. let's say. It's so much stronger than it was two years ago. Yeah, totally. There's Clark totally. Street and Lodge, Lodge. and Justa, Jelena, you know, they make bread amazing Lab. bread, too. But Bread Lab has been around. That was sort of like the OG. Yeah, the outlier for sure. In a land that is not kind to gluten. But that's mm. changing in such a big way. That is. We can attest right. to that. I mean, the single the single most ordered thing in our restaurant is garlicky toast, which is some Bub and Grandma's 30% rye bowl slices, toasted, rubbed with a cut clove of raw garlic, drizzled with olive oil and sprinkled with sea salt. And that is simple and delicious. That's the most ordered That's thing. just, it, everyone gets it. <laughs> I'm picturing yeah. some Silver Lake Beckys on a cheat day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get it. Uh, for, the just table, for the table. For the table. Get two. Get two. Yeah, that sounds 
I mean, that's the way that that quality of bread should be eaten with just a really good olive oil or a really good butter, a little salt. Yeah, it needs it very sing. little adornment. Totally. You're so bad. And mm-hmm. But, you know, I will say the thing that's been so awesome for us is to see that the vast, vast majority of people who come into Botanica, and, you know, including women, just come in and just eat. And they're so excited to eat. And they eat the sweets because they mm-hmm. also know that we're not using refined sugar. You know, we're making things with coconut sugar and dates and maple syrup and that... You know, we're making stuff that feels exciting and festive, but also it's it is nourishing, (laughs) right? And most of our all of our baked goods just happen to be gluten free, which obviously jives with (laughs) a lot of the the neighborhood. But I totally agree with Heather that it's so it's so easy. I I think even when when I first moved here, I had a lot of stereotypes about what the people in LA would be like, and having opened the restaurant. We just, everybody comes there to you eat right. and enjoy themselves. You were completely <laughs> right is what you figured out the second you got here. And you know, all your stereotypes totally. rang true completely. And there are so many people who are gluten-free in the city and also so many thousands of people who love to eat toast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, can, the only person, we can make both of those people happy. I think we've had like one person ever who has come to Botanica and literally not eaten but she was from New York, so it's not even L.A. So, so quick to turn on your people. I like it. <laughs> well, well, speaking of the L.A., sorry, um, mm-hmm. the, the L.A.-centric vibes, I know a lot of celebs go to Botanica. Oh, okay. okay, next one. I wanted to see, obviously you guys may or may not care about that a little bit. You're probably used to it, but like, have there been anybody where you just where you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person is in my business? Is Angeline yeah. there five days a week? That's what we want to know. <laughs> Brad and Angelina have their own table. Different had, Angelina. Had, Different had. Angelina. <laughs> no. I'm thinking no, the pink person, Corvette outside. Oh, no. Angelina hasn't made oh, it. Oh, Angelina. No. Um, she no, should come to Albertsons yet. on a Tuesday. You'll mm-hmm. see her. Uh, yeah. She goes so to I've heard. The person who didn't eat a single bite of food was Courtney Love. And we know she didn't eat anything. Hell yeah. Because we were so excited to have her in. And sure. we were watching every move. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, baby. Yeah, yeah. Did you put on Miss America as soon as she walked in to make her feel comfortable? So Courtney Love. No, we and had the seas parted when Solange came in. Also, I will oh, say, oh yeah, twice. This two guy times. dressed up she as Solange floated. for Halloween she two floated. years ago. Oh yeah, she was wearing all white. Solange she at Botanica is a little too on the nose. You know what I mean? It was unbelievable. It sounds magical. Uh, she was the that. nicest, also, which is you know I I think that both of us you know obviously we came from places where you just don't see that many celebrities walking around, mm-hmm. um, and you certainly don't really interact with celebrities, <laughs> and it's been interesting. And a good reminder to just be like, oh, yeah, they are just like us. Sure. <laughs> yeah. We've developed some really lovely, you know, restaurant friendships with some very notable people who mm-hmm. live in the neighborhood and who just come in every day with yeah. their families. Yeah. And, it, and, and they don't want to be treated, you know, like they are a celebrity. They just yeah. want to be treated like a normal person who lives up the street. They want to go and read the paper street. and have right. their egg and cheese yeah. and, <clears throat> and yeah. go on with their day. But we don't uh, have egg and cheese. Yeah, egg and garlicky yogurt, <laughs> please. Cool. <laughs> It was, more, it was more like metaphorically speaking, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, we're, well, we're very, we're very literal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. I just want to read my paper, have my dukkha no, it's peace. Been, it's been fun, though, because we, we are a restaurant that is meant to be a place for regulars. And mm-hmm. when you open a restaurant in L.A. and in this neighborhood in L.A., it just so happens that some of your regulars are people who you also have admired for a really long time for their music or their writing or their movies. And... 
then you just, you know, you get to know them in a great mm-hmm. way. And then you get to meet their parents because they bring their parents yeah. in. It's really right. lovely. And it's really Botanica is definitely lovely. a bring your parents who are visiting to L.A. ass yes. place. You know, I mean that in a very it. good way. Yeah. And bring your grandparents. I mean. Yep. Yeah, when, when we were kind of in the very beginning stages of talking about what we wanted the restaurant to feel like, we just kept saying this phrase, which was, we want you to be able to come and have your birthday here, or just come here and eat three meals a week, or bring your parents. And it has truly become that in mm. every sense. Yeah, so bring everyone. Pretty except except your dog. Please stop bringing Please your dogs. Please don't bring your dog. We love dogs, but... The health that department Lenny, and says... <laughs> yeah, I don't like it when Lenny, people bring please, the dog yeah. inside the restaurant just walk, and just assume that just it's going to be chill because their dog is Walk with your dog into cute. the market and the yeah. dog is like barking on the bub and grandma's bread. Like, what? No. what are you thinking? So is that... You yeah. discount that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you guys <laughs> day old <laughs> and barked on bread? No barked on. No are you guys ready to take some questions from our listeners to, to round out this I, pod? I've got yeah. one more question. Wait, oh, is this live? Mister? No. Oh. Phew. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not super pod versed. It's not live. Don't worry. But I also will just. Oh up- right, you solicited these on social media, right? Okay, I know. Yes, I did. Oh, Got like it. a call. You thought there might be like a box a comes out and there's a speaker <laughs> call in. Yeah, no. Um, so, is there anything that surprised you that didn't work on the menu? Well, having sorry, yeah. just I, I'm really curious because there's such a clear through line through all the food. It all works together. There's nothing I don't want to eat on that menu. And also, you are transplanted here to, and had an idea of what would work. Is there anything that kind of didn't or surprised you? And maybe not, because everything's beautiful. What actually, what we've had to really, really play with is the menu wording. There are certain mm. things that no one ordered until we sort of after four iterations mm-hmm. of the name, suddenly people were like, oh, I want that right now and every day. But like, it's been the same for three months. It's really but, interesting so, how, how people read yeah. menus and you know, obviously it was our jobs to write about food and thankfully, you know, I think that, I think that we've That's hit our stride little, now though. But there are certain things like we have a, we have a really beautiful porridge in the morning. That's, you know, it's, it's meant to be satisfying like oatmeal, but super elevated. And so it has wheat berries and black rice and quinoa and they're all, all the grains are cooked separately and then they're combined and simmered with coconut milk and orange and spices and we serve it with roasted fruit and some roasted fruit pan juices and some dehydrated fruit and fresh fruit and tarragon. And it's this really tarragon. delicious. Yeah, tar- you have me in tarragon, but I want to try it. But tarragon, you're just like, well, okay. picture oh, strawberries so nice. and tarragon. It's like natural. Right. And that's when that yeah. was our opening that menu. That was on the and opening we just menu. never took it off. But it works no one with wanted, no one was excited about porridge. So at first, porridge is so good. yeah, but no one wanted to order the right. porridge. So then I think we changed it to like, grains and fruits or strawberry grain bowl and no one really cared about that yeah. or like grains and strawberries and it's grains. It's changed four, at least four times. But then now we finally it's market fruit and grains. Yeah, market fruit and so grains funny. and it's, people are like, yes. Yeah, and now we sell <laughs> so much of it. That's it's the really perfect, funny. yeah, it, that's, the semantics of it is insane because if you say porridge in San Gabriel Valley, people rear-end each other and just start eating. Like they just leave their car <laughs> in the middle of the street and are like, new porridge restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> so you funny. say it in Silver Lake and they're like, mm. yeah. like, I would order if it was like $1, I guess. I mean, I'll it. drive 45 minutes Lake, for porridge like, oh, and donuts. Porridge? And- <laughs> What's yeah. that? For the poor? You know? we, were, we, were, we were thinking about it more in the, 
British way, but it just didn't catch on right. the way that we wanted it to. Not in the gruel kind Not of way. Not the gruel, yeah, like <laughs> gruel breakfast. Gruel. Yeah. I also want to picture... We have our market gruel. <laughs> I want to picture your first menu just like a copy and paste from Guy Fieri's Rest in Peace restaurant in New York. And you're like, I don't know. It's just not moving. It's just it's not, not moving. <laughs> this donkey sauce is not solid. There's got to be a better way. We do have sassy sauce. We do, actually. Oh boy. Sassy sauce? Sassy mm-hmm. sauce. It's our homemade hot sauce. I'll stay out of that one. I like oh. to say it's, it's like tapatio and sriracha made a love child. Is mm. it just tapatio and sriracha it mixed we together? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. No, it's not. We make it fresh. We need to get the recipe up on Botanic and Mag. But more, more than <laughs> dishes that haven't worked, we've, um, we have so goddamn many dishes that we are dying to put on the menu, but oh. just the time that it takes to, to test a dish, develop it, figure out how to actually adapt it to a line pickup and then change yeah. the kitchen and implement it. It's a, it's a really, really long process. And both of us right now have our you know hands in every part of the restaurant and our days are spent helping intensely with the front of house operations while also working with the prep team, while also working with the kitchen team, while also trying to manage all of the business and marketing and event aspects of the restaurant. So what is more been like, what hasn't worked out is the sort of various dishes that we're like cruising through the season for that vegetable and we haven't mm-hmm. gotten our act together yeah. to get it on and we feel so sad. Yeah. Next year. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, our friend Farley at Eater, he asked a question that was basically the same question that Andre just asked, more or less. So you can say hi to Farley. Later, Farley. Hi, Farley. <laughs> Better question next time. Uh, Christine Lynn says, ask them why they close at 2 p.m. I went there the other day at 1.45 and they were like, sorry, the kitchen's closed. I want them to well, be up an all-day sad face. That wouldn't have happened because our last seating's at 2.15 every day. So I think, Christine, respectfully, maybe you came later or maybe we need to I like fire that. Yelling. Maybe we need to fire, fire everyone. Maybe it's a little bit of both. <laughs> maybe a little bit of both. Christine, what the hell? God damn. Um, you have a well, restaurant so- that's open all day. It is... You you need to transition your line. Uh, yeah, the line. Do you guys close from like three to five? Yeah. So our last our last seating for lunch is at two fifteen, and so the food stops coming out of the kitchen around two forty five or three, and then we turn the line over. So we're mm-hmm. so we're not an all day restaurant in that we have we don't have food through. Um, mm-hmm. We're we would like to figure out how to do so. We haven't yet. So right now, um, we are basically the restaurant side is closed between three and five thirty. While we get ready, you have for to turn it into a lunch breakfast restaurant and then change all the stuff. Yeah, on the so line there's a ton of prep that has to happen, you know, on the stove in the mm-hmm. kitchen and, you know, just in that space in the kitchen. We have a little prep kitchen, you know, a little area on our back near our walk in. But other than that, you know, that mm-hmm. space is occupied by, by the kitchen team getting ready for the night. So, our goal for the near future slash year two dominance will be uh, one of many goals is to figure out how to have a really nice little snack menu that goes through the day, yeah. which every other restaurant seems to know how to do it. We just can't figure it out. <laughs> but we will. But and we in the will. meantime, Heather and I love running in back and putting together a little plate of Bob and Grandma's Bub and Grandma's bread, crudite, and like three of our dip spreads and sauces, like beet muhamara, whipped tahini, some romesco, make it look pretty on a plate, and bring it out to somebody and make them happy. Cute. Mm. So. Yeah, we're constantly doing that. Like yeah. that so you know, Christine, happy. if you come in and you're turned away, just say, Heather and Emily said I could have dips. <laughs> <laughs> I was promised dips. Dips and snacks. <laughs> yeah, that's like when I go to like proof 
10 minutes before they close, and I'm just like, what's up with all these uh, croissants over here? Is something going to happen to those? And they're like, all right, fine. Just take them. Is that a thing? No. (laughs) No, it's not a thing. You got rained on by Mario yesterday, two days ago. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, I mean, just like... No, in a good way. I mean, like, they just dropped all the pastries. Oh, oh, oh. They blessed me with a big bag. Happy rain. Happy pastry rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Like, make it rain. Got it. I they made it right. I ate on two and a half croissants for dinner. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, before like movie night with with all kinds of Jesus. candy and popcorn, you bad wow, boy. You're living your best life. How do I do it? All right, next question, Scott Wicken. What the fuck do I do with all this faro? I literally made too much faro. Oh yeah. You have any so ideas for like things. a surplus of faro recipe? Toss it with some roasted vegetables and a really bright vinaigrette, either made with some sumac or zatar, mm. or you could do a really really garlicky vinaigrette too and just throw either at the very last minute you can toss it with the roasted vegetables and let it sit for a while and then the grains will start to soak up the dressing and then right before you serve it if you want toss it with some arugula or some slivered kale or chard Mm -hmm. Um, you can stud it with some ricotta salata or minuri you could add a toasted nut in there that's super delicious throw it in a soup to bulk it up studded with ricotta salata fry it in a pan uh, with lots of olive oil and And shallots Mm -hmm. and garlic Mm -hmm. and then stir some eggs in there and it's like farro fried rice or just Mm. top it with a fried fried egg Mm -hmm. if you saute tons of scallions or shallots and a little garlic olive oil um, and the farro until it crisps up a little and if you want throw throw a green in there too to wilt down and toss it with top it with a fried egg so good put a goddamn egg on it put an egg on it of all the of all the weeks to ask this question he picked a great one oh yeah we can go on up to your neck in farro (laughs) ideas Uh, the robe trotter asks, what is the best color cauliflower? I'm a green cauliflower kind of man. Mm. So kind of a tough question there. We, we've been getting a lot of different colors in. Interestingly, the purple cauliflower has been having a shorter shelf life we found than the Mm. yellow. So just, I think the purple is so magically delicious, beautiful and delicious. And when you slice it too, when you look at a cross section of the stem, it's purple and white, so it's so brain. gorgeous. Um, of the actual, the no, like the actual stem, oh, okay. not the not the lobe. So, um, how much of a flavor of difference head. is there between a white and a green and a purple? Because I'd like really to say that there is not. I, all I would say it's minimal, subtle. Right? The flavor difference is between a grocery store cauliflower right. and a farmer's market sure. cauliflower. When mm-hmm. you get a farmer's market cauliflower that has been picked recently. It is, a, it is like night and day. So that's where the difference lies. And there's definitely a difference between the flavor of Romanesco, which is mm-hmm. the really, you know, structural, like, you know. Spiny. Math, like math in nature yeah. uh, cauliflower. Mm-hmm. That can sometimes be a bit more bitter and not have as much sweetness as, a, a you know, more conventional cauliflower. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all the colors, I think, you just have to go with whatever you think Sorry, is the prettiest. they taste the same, even if you don't <laughs> think they do. Well, uh, speaking of that that world of vegetables, uh, Mr. Cucumber says... <laughs> Stop right there. Uh, I'm a touch embarrassed to admit this, but I'm occasionally, uh, I'm an occasionally a Brussels sprout enthusiast. Any tips on how to best minimize the fine vegetables' unfavorable digestion implications? Interesting. Oh, Wait, so what? why is he ashamed of eating Brussels sprouts? Because of the implications? I think because maybe because too- it's... It's kind of, you know, it was like a trend ingredient that it was a little, oh. it's a little, maybe we've oh, moved yeah. we on. We love Brussels sprouts. We're I mean, everyone haters. loves a Brussels sprout, oh, but you know, like them. a few years it had like a big moment, like everyone's eating oh, yeah. like yeah. roasted or I fried mean, Brussels the, sprouts. I don't necessarily have. Nothing to be ashamed of, Mr. Great. Cucumber. 
advice for um, reducing the tootiness. The tootiness. <laughs> but just, I do love a shaved uh, Brussels sprout salad. Though it's definitely easier on your digestion to have yeah, them cooked. It is. So, I mean, I, we, we love a shaved Brussels sprout salad too. And what's nice about that is that you can um, get a lot of other things in there. We like to shave them and then have, you know, nuts, apples, herbs. Um, but any vegetable cooked is easier to digest, yeah. of course. So if you give them a really good hard sear, that's such a great What about way a roast versus them. a boil? What do you think is going to be better for digestion? We always roast. For, for digestion, I have no idea. I think boil, but- boil is better than roast for digestion mm-hmm. because like any steamed vegetable is going to be easier on your stomach and probably mm-hmm. won't have all of the oil. Yeah. But it's just not going going to taste as good. Yeah, so, that's not, Brussels sprouts yeah. are not meant to be boiled and that's why they had that's such a bad rap for so many decades mm-hmm. because people steamed or boiled them. They're meant, to, Brussels sprouts and cabbage mm-hmm. is meant to get a really nice caramelized Take a licking. layer so on it because that's what makes it so freaking delicious. Roast them and sleep alone. <laughs> Next <laughs> caller, please. Next caller. <laughs> if you want to cut some of that down, you can do like a 90 second blanch. Like if you want to take mm-hmm. out the stem... Yeah. Peel off some of the outer leaves and then throw totally. them in some salted boiling water for 90 you. seconds, throw it in an ice bath. That'll cut down some of that kind of like pre-soaking and rinsing beans twice. It'll pull some of that up. Oh, wow. I if like you want. Mm-hmm. I like it. Blanch it. All right. Triple Cooked asks, ask them the best mushroom to cook with and why. Tips on the best way to cook them. So there are so many incredible types of mushrooms, and some are very seasonal. I mean, I I think there are a few things that are better than really beautiful chanterelles when you can get them. We went through um, a real woodier phase. Mm. Yeah, that's totally. a phase not to move out of. Which is well, I because did. it Stay was in that phase. it was really Love interesting to to be able to get them mm-hmm. locally when we moved here. But I think in general, if I was giving someone mushroom advice, not knowing where in the country they were, be I would always say with dogs, with friends. <laughs> Just exactly. don't do it on Halloween. Yes. Yeah, Make sure you're in a safe page, place. For sure. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're near nature because it starts to breathe. 100%. <laughs> my, mom, yeah. my mom completely agrees. No, I would say, uh, look, find yourself some maitake mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Those are, which are, they're accessible Everywhere. Asian grocery. Um, you can you can find them pretty or much farmers market, you know, in, at most in most cities, time. at least in the country at this point. And those are. Those can take a really, really hard sear. They're so wonderful grilled. They're mm. so meaty and delicious. They mm-hmm. even just sauteing them in a really hot cast iron pan, um, in some oil and just pressing them down so they get some really. Don't be afraid of getting the hard caramelization on the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And they're so, so delicious and satisfying. Even just with a little bit of of sea salt and some lemon zest and thyme. Um, Similar feelings about uh, king oyster mushrooms mm-hmm. or fresh porcini mushrooms, but those are a lot harder to find. But you mm-hmm. just cut them in half, sear them sear really them. hard, mm-hmm. and it is like, it's, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. You can't believe that thing came out of the earth because it's so meaty and rich. And then you remember that it did because of how much you paid for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> worth it. Brings you back down to earth. Definitely worth it. I really like the maitake with... Uh, like hard seared with butter and soy sauce and lemon. Mm-hmm. One of my one of my favorite moments in my 
relationship with my husband was when we were in the Pacific Northwest. We were hiking um, on, in the San Juan Islands, and I found a matsutake mushroom under a tree. Oh, this, and this could go so many directions. <laughs> well, so and excited he to was, hear this and you know, and if if Her husband's dead now, yeah, <laughs> my former husband. Well, he was like. That's, you, you can't eat that. You can't eat that. And of course, same. this I is like, same. this is really classic in our relationship. He's like, that's like, not no, a good I'm idea. A and I'm, I'm like, eat it. because, yeah, A, I'm a foodie, and B, because you said I can't, I'm gonna. <laughs> healthy, healthy <sighs> marriage relationship. So, so and he was like, Googling obsessively, and I was You're like, just it's chewing a matsutake. I was like, I've been to Japan four times. It's a freaking matsutake. And I was like, I'm cooking with it. You can Google your face off, and when you're done, we're going to have matsutake rice ready. <laughs> and so he was literally Googling until the moment I sure started eating Tinder? the rice. Just, just pre-gaming <laughs> like, for what was inevitable after you ate that mushroom. And, it, and we made the most... I made the most beautiful, you know, Japanese rice with yuzu and matsutake, and it was such a, it was. I never mm. heard that story. I like it. <laughs> it's a great story. And he finally conceded. Like, <laughs> that was a matsutake. Heather wins every argument. <laughs> every foraging argument, at mm-hmm. least. Uh-oh. Have you guys seen, speaking of mushrooms, have you guys seen Phantom Thread? No. I have not yet. Not yet. I'll oh, admit. well. Spoiler alert, mushrooms play an interesting role. I won't say anymore. Nice. No, I can't see it. Ap- apricots play a role <laughs> no, in Call Me By Your Name. Peach, oh, peach. The, but the apricots peach. are what? You, there's so many beautiful apricot shots, but it is yeah. actually a peach that with which a certain something is consummated. <laughs> don't get us started on that. I movie. don't know what you're talking uh, about. We love it. Movie ever. That movie changed our lives. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Really? Yeah. We it just it just brought so much like passion and feeling and joy back into our lives after a really long slog of opening the restaurant. Yeah, I think- and we so rarely get to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't want to spend your time out at a theater unless it's going to be a movie that makes you feel like happy and hopeful. And mm-hmm. this movie was like the greatest love story ever told. Were you talking about Blade Runner? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yes. Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner was good. Was a good movie. Love that peach scene. Yeah, we yeah. saw Call Me By Your Name together in the theaters twice. <laughs> Cute. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess if you only <laughs> have a limited amount of spare time, you really need to make that movie count. Because yeah. if you if you blow a night on a shit movie, it's yeah. going to be a real disappointment. Exactly. You didn't even get drunk. Oh. <laughs> did you we, guys bring in wine? Well, we saw one matinee. You brought in some wine. <laughs> we, we didn't, but we left feeling It's drunk. a wine-friendly movie. Oh, it so is. That yeah. movie, basically, I think part of why we loved it so much, aside from the gorgeous love story, is that it we sort of, we were so enchanted by the film and so taken into it that we left feeling like we'd taken an Italian vacation. And when you open yeah. a restaurant, you don't take a vacation mm, at the beginning. Yeah. So I think we oh, also... Oh, you're never going to have one for the rest of your life. <laughs> no. Nobody told you. No, no. Huh? You're done. We're good about that. No, I'm we're, we're, This is why it's great All to have a balance, partner. Baby. You guys start yeah. smoking in the restaurant and everything. <laughs> like, it's, fuck it, it's cool. <laughs> we don't even have Cuddy Shark on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... That at the end of our podcast, every episode, we we reveal the best thing that we ate all week. Ooh. So I will let you guys, I forgot to tell you beforehand, so I can start it off, and you guys can think on it if you want. It's a friendly question. It's a friendly, it's, it's just like... What day is today? Just something in the last week or two, oh, okay. uh, just an amazing thing you ate. You it know? can be something Shoot. you made this morning for breakfast that you really like, doesn't have to, doesn't have to be dramatic. <clears throat> but well, don't fuck it up. I'll tell you, I, my immediate thought when you said that was, I've been eating the saddest things. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the Skittles truth, don't count. You've got to come up with a no, second we one. Don't, we, our equivalent of eating rainbow snacks is just 
existing <laughs> off Rainbow of spoon, spoonfuls of our dips all day long. <laughs> Basically, I, on a regular day, I will just have like a spoonful of muhamara, which is purpley pink, a spoonful of romesco, uh-huh. orangey red, a spoonful of whipped tahini, tan, a spoonful of, <laughs> tan. of kabocha squash hummus, <laughs> yellow, and a six-minute egg. Uh, and it's delicious but yeah. sad. But so I, you're just uh, living off of dip. We're living off <laughs> of dip. That's essential. I think we're 90% dip. We are. Yeah. That Romesco, I, a a, I, have a, I have a few friends who speak very highly of the Botanica oh, Romesco. Oh, it's so good. It's you so gotta special make it. and so Or come eat it. And the recipe is available online. It is. But the something that I, is best thing I ate in the last week, um, well, can I say two things real quick? Mm-hmm. Monday sure. night, I was at Night Market, and we, and you know, oftentimes at Night Market, you you don't want like a total blowout spicy meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ask for something not that spicy, and they're like, "Sure, no." Right. <laughs> but that that night, uh, the stars all aligned, and they totally acted. <laughs> They'd run out to of every spicy chili. demands, and I got to eat the startled pig, not spicy. Which is, and I was there with my with my dad, who's in from out of town. So I think they also, you know, took pity on the sixty year olds. But so Please. that dish, I I usually. It's there's pain and pleasure involved usually, but this time was pure pleasure. When when you take the intense spiciness out of that dish, and so you just get this marinated grilled pork, all of these herbs, shaped slices of lemongrass, scallion. It was just I could mm. enjoy every bite and eat yeah. so much of it. It was such a treat. And then um, on Tuesday night, I went to Journeyman and had an incredible Brussels sprouts dish mm. with caramelized onions and sauerkraut. And a sort of caraway, like a creamy caraway, sort of loose, kind of almost like a broth or like a loose sauce mm, in the bottom of the plate. Mm. And it was so unusual. All, you know, I've eaten hundreds of Brussels sprout dishes over the last decade at restaurants. And I think this was my favorite. No shit. And I mean, and it one. was, you know, caraway, sauerkraut, Brussels sprouts, caramelized onions. And it felt so wintry but also very california very fresh very bright beautiful acidity those guys really know how to how to mm. use the acid zing it so yeah zing it those are my two <laughs> fucking zing and then it. today i ate zing a sad that. chicken salad in the car while driving on the 101 so <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> that's like five out of the seven days a week yeah <laughs> that's also working life Yes, yeah, exactly. We do, and I thought if of, I get in an yeah. accident because I'm currently <laughs> licking pesto dressing out of this small plastic <laughs> ramekin while steering with my knee, how am I? I've how am that. I going to explain this? What a way to go! That before I've definitely done that before. <laughs> Losing an eye to a plastic fork, <laughs> <laughs> not worth it. Oh God! What so if it's a bad. spork? Oh, Even no. worse. Oh no. Um. So. The only place that I have eaten out in the last week is Musso and Frank's. So we're just going to have to go for that. I've never heard anyone say the food there was good. It is. The food there is good. It's not good. It's the experience. It's the experience, but it's not bad. You're not going to get something. Exactly. It's incredibly expensive. I have a real obsession with the shrimp cocktail, and I was like really excited to order the shrimp cocktail there. Don't recommend it at (laughs) all. However, they have a great Caesar salad. I was mm-hmm. totally pleased with it. Did you eat in the bar side or did you eat in the booth side? In the booth side. Booth I did, actually cute. had never even noticed until we were leaving that there's the, a whole other section that felt a little more formal. I don't know. We sat in a booth. Booths are there are booths great. in? I don't know. It was great. Yep. Anyway, also a Gibson. Mm. They make a good Gibson. Cocktails are strong. Mm. You should yeah. get. Um, you should go to Pacific Dining Car for. I've been for the I shrimp had cocktail. One of the most awkward 
dinners of my oh, no. entire life in like a great way. Was and I there? Kind Is of like a Christopher well, guest. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I took, Do okay, tell. so I'd, I've been wanting to go there for years because mm-hmm. I like love old classic places. And so I thought that for my boyfriend's birthday, one of the couple places that we would go would be Pacific Dining Car. So we went there. Way and to it make was it like, about you. It was like 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> it was 8 p.m. on like a Tuesday. Does it involve a bathroom? No. Okay. I, I assume you're the only customers in there? Well, there was one other couple in there, and they sat us cop. right next to them <laughs> in the entire restaurant, and they don't play music. Uh-huh. And it was one of the funniest. Uh-huh. We were like just sitting next to each other and in this giant booth, and then there was another couple sitting right next to us in the next booth. We were essentially just overhearing we spent like the whole night just overhearing what the that other sucks. people were saying that and then it was two hundred dollars like, yeah, and i was like oh my god no never so again expensive. never again they do wow. uh, they do have our favorite shrimp cocktail i think in la though it's it's four giant shrimps uh-huh. and it's only 28 dollars. you gotta check it out <laughs> <laughs> but no, no no hyperbole last That's thing shrimp cocktail muson frank's give breakfast a chance Whoa! Make what? sure to They're order open for breakfast. Make sure to order the flannel cakes, which is oh like, yes, I saw it, that on the menu. What is that? <laughs> it's a cross between a pancake and a crepe. It's thin. Oh. They're incredibly Ooh, it good. Sounds like a heavenly hot. That They're not great. really expensive. It's really fun to go in and eat at the counter because they. So you were probably um, booth side with counter, and then maybe the side you didn't see is with a full bar with mirror and mural. He works at Moose and Frank's, by the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I swear there was. I was, I was looking at a mural. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So maybe you were on that side. But, but why can't you order flannel cakes at dinner? Can you? <laughs> yeah, they have a, Andre, they have a breakfast menu. But it was on the dinner menu. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, then yeah. maybe you can. I've just never been so bold. Maybe flannel you guys should. Gibson. What a night. <laughs> but <laughs> it's my idea of fun now. <laughs> they're great. Why? Well, yes, I am an alcoholic. <laughs> and if Manny is still alive and still working, if you eat at the counter, he'll do magic tricks for you while you're eating for brunch on the weekends. Okay, that sounds really fun. Wow. If we're ever Cute. not working on a Good brunch, know. I will be there. I'm um, never going. Now, there. you guys, what was the best thing you ate in the past week? Well, earlier in the week, Andre made a brisket. He's, he's been sous-viding and smoking, oh. like, big-ass briskets. Like mm. a whole Packers brisket. Like mm-hmm. a 16-pounder. What are you smoking it on? Pecan. I, I mean, in what, like, what? Oh, vessel? just an electric smoker, like a normal, but yeah. using whole wood pecan. Cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Whole wood pecan. Fun. But uh, he, nice. So I have, like, a big brick of it in my fridge. And when, I thought and you were going to say in my stomach. <laughs> probably, well, good chance. And I've been, and I'm like, what am I going to do with all this fucking brisket? I just eat brisket every day, which can be tough on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I made some spaghetti meatballs yesterday, but um, I got the like fresh spaghetti from Little Dom's and I got meatballs from Standing's Butcher Shop. And then I cut up some brisket and rendered the fat out and then sawed, and like cooked the meatballs down in the brisket fat. And then put like the crispy kind of like brisket bits. Just to lighten your load a little bit. And then I like put in the tomato sauce and braise it all together. And so like the mm. sauce was real like smoky, complex fat flavor. And then the meatballs were kind of like a little porky and like lemon zest. So it was kind of bright. That sounds awesome. Really that all sang really together. Good. You That's... can balance that at Botanica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, that sounds delicious. Mm. I want to eat that right now, too. And there's, I just put chia seeds all over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shaved radish. Mm, got yeah, it, there's, I got these really great watermelon radishes that I just hid in there throughout the spaghetti. And they and are so beautiful. It was really, and I'm Watermelon them, radishes go with everything. It's true. <laughs> That's absolute truth. Uh, my favorite thing I ate, especially because I've tried to do it a few times and it's not come out as good, is our friend Momo made um, chili for football on Sunday. And she had all the perfect condiments out, like Fritos and bacon and chives and sour cream and all that stuff. But she makes, I make a very different chili, but she made what I would say is like a very, the best version of a very classic like American chili dog chili, where it's like nice whole kidney beans, but all the meat is really rendered down and cooked down to where um, it's just got that perfect texture. It's not too thin, but it's also not hearty and... I don't know. I had three bowls of it, and yeah. it was a little annoying. Yeah. For chili, sometimes you really just want do that straight-up regular chili. Like, yeah. I don't want some, like, ancho, chipotle, bison shit, you know? No. Just give me the regular I, one. I agree. I love chili, too. And I've had a lot of good chili in my day, but I've got to say, the favorite, my favorite chili I've ever had is a recipe from my friend Elise in Chicago, and it's all beans. It's actually vegetarian. The, the, but it's yeah, just spiced absolutely. with the perfect what? amount of cumin and coriander and dried chili send it this way and it's just i'll send you the recipe i would love it so so damn good Mm. i think i also have just never had like a super bomb meat-based chili so my mom makes an unbelievable butternut squash vegetarian oh your mom's Mm. butternut squash chili is outrageous and then she makes it in cornbread and then you eat it together and it's fucking delicious yeah my mom i know you're listening to this you need that recipe. My mom, my mom's we'll a veg. Send it to you guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. So maybe. So yeah, that, I'll that send sounds... it on over. I can it's testify. Great. Emily's mom's chili is. It's legit. really good. Know, is the chili it. spooned over the cornbread or on the side? It's on obviously whatever you the, want the, in theory. The cornbread but... is is on the side, but my preferred way of eating it, I think, would be cornbread on the bottom, chili on the top. Yeah. Spoon it. Yum. That's how so I always, it soaks in. I always do black eyed peas like that on New Year's Day, where the cornbread's on the bottom and then greens and black eyed peas are on top. Oh, and you don't tell people that there's cornbread underneath and then they just kind of go into like it. the best surprise of 2018. And, <laughs> and I put like a little race car at the bottom too. So when they're done eating, there's like a toy. I've never done that. I, Thanks I for the invite. I didn't get any of that. Going on there. I'm, I'm dig it. <laughs> Well, guys, we thanks, thank you so much for doing... Definitely hide hard plastic toys in the yeah, bottom of grain bowls. The hotter the dish, insurance. the better. We can do it. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you yeah, so much for having was us. Awesome. That was thanks fun. For doing it. Let's do it And again. people can go... Absolutely. They can follow you. Instagram is Botanica Food. Yep. And what are y'all's Instagrams if people want to go I'm follow you? Heather Spur. I'm Emily Pfeiffer. And then the, the we have two websites. We have BotanicaRestaurant.com with all of our menus and such. And then Botanica Beautiful. Mag is where you can find recipes and techniques. Um, we have a couple of travel guides up there for some of our favorite cities. It's good Botanica Mag, a little pumped up for 2018, guys. Yeah, I feel like you guys will. are sad that it's been neglected and yeah. I want to turn it's that around. It's been neglected. Yeah. Well, it's been neglected by us. So we need to pump it mm-hmm. up. And we're going to do it. We maybe uh, maybe, yeah. maybe one of our listeners else. can become an intern and they can help add Actually, some stuff to the website. Actually, we just were saying the other day that we we it is time for us to bring on an intern specifically for editorial and a little bit of admin stuff. So DM spread the, the word. If anyone's out there, just email us. I'll get you my us. CV on Tuesday. Yeah. Hello <laughs> at BotanicaRestaurant.com. 
Great. Very cool. You can Send follow me at them jeans and the stewpodcast.com has all the episodes. Andre has no social media because he's cool. Nope. And thank you guys so much for doing this. Thank Thanks. you. You guys are awesome. All right. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.